Hello, everyone. I'm Jill McCormick. And I'm Robin Wall. And this is Afraid Not. Thanks for tuning in to episode number 52. And our guest today is named Emily Blunt. You are going Emily to... Emily Blunt, isn't she an actress? Oh, not that Emily Blunt, I'm sorry. Right. Jill almost thought she was that actress <laughs> Blunt that was in Mary Poppins. However, this is the Emily Blunt who is on our show today. She is a minister's wife. She is a mom of four. She's a staff member at the Hope Pregnancy Center. She is overflowing with hope, as you'll hear for yourself. The Hope Pregnancy Center offers um, parenting classes and ultrasounds and free pregnancy tests for girls in crisis pregnancies, and they also offer a post-abortion ministry for women who've been on that side of it. Um, She's also going to talk about a time in her life when her mother went through a very hard 10-year depression and what how that transpired and what that looked like. So this is a good episode as far as learning about resources and how we can help other women and also what we need to do if we're dealing with depression. So listen in. Hi, Emily. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Hello, ladies. It's a pleasure to be here with you tonight. It's our pleasure to have you, Emily. Thanks for being on Afraid Not. And we would love to start our conversation with you just introducing yourself to our listeners and tell us all a little bit about you and your family and and job and hobbies and things like that. Okay. Yes, I would love to start with all about me, things about me. Um, We live in Oklahoma City and we attend church in Midwest City, Oklahoma. My husband serves in our church as the associate pastor, so I get to serve alongside him and our church as the ministry wife. Um, It is an honor and a joy to do that. We have been married for 12 years, and his name is Jared. Um, In those 12 years, we've managed to um, bring four beautiful children into the world. We have Jason, who is 10, Anna, who is nine, as of yesterday, just turned nine, had a big birthday. Sweet. Um, Yes, and Bennett, he is five, and Emma Lee, she will be two in December. And um, just I have to interrupt to say it's so cute how her name is a play on words with your name, Emma Lee, with Emily. I think that's precious. (laughs) Yes, so her first name is Emma, and middle name is Lee, so it's kind of, it's fun. It's so much fun. It was a joy to to get to name her that and get to call her that all the time. I'm reminded of how much she reminds me of me. <laughs> yeah. so, oh, goodness. But yeah, and so just here recently in, I think it was August, we found out that we're expecting number five. So that wow. is been- Congratulations. Yeah. How exciting. Oh my Thank God. you. So far you have boy, girl, boy, girl. So it's, it's supposed to be a boy. You know, I'm shooting for a boy. I'm, that's <laughs> really what I want. And so we'll see if the Lord is going to, to line up with those desires. <laughs> so, oh, I remember it. meeting you the day that you and I met, we were at the ministry wives weekend in Oklahoma city that our state convention puts on and just in a short amount of minutes it felt like we had been 
just fast friends and you were sharing with me that I think you had just found out not too long before that, that you were pregnant. And it was such a fun, fun moment that we were just saying, yay, exciting. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You're, you're right. That was, I mean, I probably found out the week before that weekend. So it was very fresh. I was still kind of in shock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> but, and then just additionally, um, at the church, I serve in different ways and um, really just where, you know, where I'm needed. Um, I teach the preteens in Sunday school. I'm our women's ministry director. So I get to coordinate events and, and just create atmospheres for women to draw closer to Jesus. And, um, currently I am enrolled in my master's for a master's of divinity and pursuing my seminary which is ah, kind of exciting and scary all at the same time. Oh, very exciting. Yes, absolutely. So I just started that in August and um, this past Friday, I got my first eight weeks done, which I, now I have three courses under my belt. So it feels pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And congratulations on just taking the initiative to follow through with such a great dream and what an inspiration for us for our listeners to just be reminded that no matter what's going on in our lives there that the lord can provide the strength we need to do what he lays before us so any excuse i mean you have so many excuses you could have said oh i've got poor little ones oh i'm too busy oh it's too hard i'm i'm already women's ministry coordinator i'm already doing this whatever and you just are faithfully obeying what the Lord's laid before you. And I think that's a beautiful example. So that's exciting and great job, Emily. Well, thank you. And that is so true because, um, you know, it has been on my heart probably for six years to go back to school for my master's and um, specifically a seminary. And um, it is so funny because this summer, I, all literally all I did was read an article and it was a lady talking about pursuing or finishing a degree even. And she just mentioned, do not put it off. And I have that article just tucked to my desk at work because it's incredible how just like one person's encouragement can, can lead you to start an entire degree. It's incredible. Yeah, so <laughs> so, yeah absolutely. Um, and then just, just kind of in a nutshell, I kind of love everything. Um, I love baking. I love hanging out with friends and family. I love eating desserts. Um, I love trying new restaurants. We are major eaters. We'll eat until we're, um, but we love to try new restaurants. So that's a, that's a huge date night thing for my husband and I is that we are constantly asking around for new restaurants that are special and, um, getting to try them out. So that's real fun for us. Yeah, that is fun. And yeah. would you tell us about your story of how you met your husband? Okay. Yes, I will. So, um, well, it was 13 years ago. Um, I was back home for a summer and I was serving in my local hometown church as a youth intern. And it was that time of summer that um, I was taking our children's department to the associational summer camp. And so I loaded up about 
20 kids and we went to a week long camp of, um, you know, third grade to sixth grade screaming girls, late nights, lots of fun times. But um, Jared, my husband, <laughs> yeah, yeah, lots of fun, lots of fun, let me tell you. Um, but my husband, Jared, he was also there as a sponsor for his um, children's ministry. He was a youth pastor at the church he was serving in and um, children's department kind of fell under those responsibilities for the summertime. And he was there also. And then the third person that was part of this story is um, his brother was actually the camp pastor. And one night of um, just, I think it was recreation. I remember Jared's brother walking up to me and saying, Hey, are you in a relationship? And, and I'm, and I was kind of confused, but I was like, no. And, um, and he said, well, Hey, have you met my brother? He's not in a relationship either. You guys should, you guys should talk and get each other's phone numbers. And I said, I said, no, that's okay. But thanks for asking. And it was so funny because just one sentence, he said, well, did you know he's a youth minister? And I said, oh, really? And I said, well, I guess I'll take his number then. And so, um, he said that he would introduce us and, um, by the end of the camp week, we had, a, I think that was like maybe night two. And by the end of the camp week, um, I remember loading up my car. Mr. Jared had not made any eye contact, any, had not come up to me one time. And so um, I was loading up my car and then I turn around because I'm hearing, hey, hey. And I see Jared running down the hill and he gets down to the bottom and he says, hey, can I get your number? And I said, sure. <laughs> So, so after sending his brother over there to find out about you, he didn't do anything for a while. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we were, um, we met in June and then we were engaged two months later and then we got married within oh. 11 months. So that sounds very familiar because my husband and I met, <laughs> met in a church camp and <laughs> he like told, told me to find out if I had a boyfriend and we were dating two months before we got engaged that's so weird yes that's nuts like who does that These, I know. my crazy. kids now are like I cannot believe you would you would not let us do that and I was like well you know what it apparently worked so <laughs> right right yeah it is just wild and um it's it's just crazy it's all the Lord's timing and in his divine appointments for sure so and thankful for your Cupid brother-in-law that's so yes Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And he's so honorary. It's so hard to give him the praise for that because he's so honorary. So <laughs> yeah. And then um, really the only thing else about me is um, I work full time for a ministry called Hope Pregnancy Center. And it is um, pregnancy center under the umbrella of Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children. A lot of people um, are familiar with OBHC, the Children's Home, Boys Ranch, town um there's one in um edmund and children's homes in south okc and owasso and um Medill, but a lot of people don't know that there are actually five pregnancy centers under the umbrella of Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children and five pregnancy centers and one mobile unit. And so we are um, just blessed to be under that umbrella. And so I serve um moms and dads every day that are in the midst of an unplanned pregnancy. So it's a, it's a great blessing. What wow, that's a great ministry. Yes. How long, and how long have you been there? So I have been with Hope. It is now five years. So I started out as development and helping raise money for the organization. 
And then I moved into a role of um, a volunteer coordinator where I just got to pour into volunteers, walk alongside them, equip them for ministering to moms and dads. And um, this past January, I went full time and now have, I'm still the volunteer coordinator, but I also have a new role of a director in training. So a couple of days a week, I hang out with our state director and, and get to learn and get equipped for um, when it's hopefully someday the Lord will allow that a center that I get to lead in that area. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's great. Would you share with us some of the ways that you've seen God's hand uh, as you've been serving at the Hope Pregnancy Center? We would love to hear just e examples of ways that God has made himself known and you've been a witness to precious moments that you've seen God work. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, it is a really neat ministry. A lot of people are familiar with crisis pregnancies centers or things like that. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, this is, um, we've, you know, changed our title a little bit to pregnancy centers and, and most of for, for the most part, people know that we do free pregnancy tests and ultrasounds, but um, our center is a faith-based evangelical center. And so just a little background about what we do is that we offer free pregnancy test ultrasounds and we offer a free parenting classes for moms and dads to attend weekly where they have the opportunity to receive um, just information and education on everything from simple things like changing emotions of during pregnancy all the way to multiple weeks of breastfeeding classes. And then once their baby arrives, we have classes to, um, for things like immunizations or how to, how to, um, car seat safety, things like that. Um, also in our ministry, we have a post-abortive ministry. It is a 12-week Bible study where we walk alongside women who have had an abortion in their past. And so it is called Forgiven and Set Free. And it is literally that, um, you know, there is a image that abortion is no big deal or that it doesn't affect people. But for the majority of the people that I have talked to, there are some women who experience shame and guilt and who are daily walking with these things and um, heavy chains of um, lots of lots of heaviness and so we get to walk alongside women and just remind them of the God that we serve and how big um, Jesus dying on the cross covers all of our sins and that we are to walk abundantly in life and that is what Jesus has for us so it's a really sweet ministry also but, um, but for the main part that we do, the, um, the free pregnancy test and free ultrasounds, it is just a really neat opportunity. We are a faith-based evangelical center. So we not only stand on biblical values, but we also get to proclaim those with our mouth and we get to tell women, um, you know, not only do we care about their physical health, but we care about their spiritual lives also. Um, this ministry is, um, in my opinion, one of the reasons I love it is that it is a reflection of Jesus's ministry. When you think of Jesus's time on this earth and when he was ministering, people came to him for a physical healing. They came to him because they were blind or they were 
leprosy or or all of these different illnesses or sicknesses and um and of course you know they met him and he healed them but they never they received their physical um healing but they also left with um hearing about the father and they left with also a spiritual blessing and a spiritual healing and so um you know in my eyes and the pregnancy center kind of represents that because um we have moms and dads that come and they receive physical services of a pregnancy test or an ultrasound but they leave um hearing about the good news they leave hearing about jesus and and just for some people, it's the first time that anyone has ever asked them about their walk with the Lord or about, or about spiritual things. And so just such a blessing. Um, one of the neatest things once I got started at Hope was I realized that it was a, a culture that expects, if the Holy Spirit allows, it expects for you to share the gospel and, you know, we sit in church and we talk about how important it is to share the gospel, but sometimes whenever we look at our lives, you know, where's the fruit in that? Where are we actually proclaiming the gospel with our lips and not just talking about it? And it's just, wow, an environment to walk in and like, this is what I'm here to do is to, to help young men and women. Um, but not only do we get to um, talk and do things spiritually with our clients, we also get to just walk men and women through unplanned pregnancy, which is so hard. Um, you know, pregnancy is a huge deal, and especially when it's unplanned. And so we have many women who um, are not excited about a pregnancy. They are in crisis. Mm -hmm. Their only option is an abortion, and they're just needing a confirmation and to get on their way. But um, we know that there are dollar pregnancy tests available around every corner at Dollar Trees. And, um, and so for them to come into our center is a divine appointment of the Lord, that yes. they are not there by accident, but mm -hmm. it is for us to, to sit down, to listen to them, to love them, to respect them, and to um, just walk alongside them in however we can for a woman who is in the midst of an unplanned pregnancy and considering a um an abortion we um educate it's a very big thing that we do in our center we educate on all three options we educate on parenting we educate on abortion itself um, we do not refer or perform abortions but for many women they know that a is ending a pregnancy, but they don't know what that means for them physically, mentally, right. emotionally, mm -hmm. even spiritually. And so we get to really um, educate them on these things that they're, they might have been making a really fast decision about. And then we also educate on adoption. So those are some really cool things that we get to sit down and talk with women about. Um, and then, of course, we have an ultrasound, um, which is just an incredible technology that um, the Lord has given us to a literal picture inside the womb. Um, you know, our you can Google in our society and our culture tells us blob of tissue or or, um, you, you know, a life does not begin until till after the. Um, delivery or what so many different things I could say but whenever that ultrasound picture comes up and they are seeing a live action of their child mm. and their baby and they are seeing 
fingers and, and legs and they're seeing that and hearing that heartbeat. Wow, how exciting. And, and that is, you know, so many times where lives are changed. And um, we had one story of a, a young woman who was abortion determined and um, life was hard for her. So hard. Um, she was um, financially strapped. She did not have support emotionally or physically there um, to her there was just not an environment to bring a baby in and so there was nothing that was convincing her um, of why she should consider choosing life but whenever that ultrasound picture got up on the screen she saw her baby she saw her baby's heartbeat and then a little hand popped up and she could literally see and she said what are those in the our nurse manager said those are bones those are your baby's bones the hand bones and you could see finger one two three four five fingers and she just literally started saying over and over bones my baby has bones she just couldn't believe it she could not believe it and so, um, you know, just a really cool picture of how um, whenever women walk in our door and dads, whenever moms and dads walk in our door, um, many people don't know where they stand on when life begins. Um, they don't really know where they stand on abortion or now that now that an unplanned pregnancy has happened in their life, their views might be changing. Mm -hmm. um, even on spiritual issues, um, it's very interesting to see and sit down with so many women and men, and they don't really have a huge foundation or a stance. So we get the opportunity to cre help create that worldview for them um, by truth, by images, by medical research. And so we're, we're literally getting to help people have a worldview of life and um, abortion and spiritually and eternal issues. So I know you don't do abortion referrals, obviously, but do you do the adoption referrals? Do you have like a place that you send them for that? Yes, we have, we work with um, multiple adoption agencies in our communities and um, we, um, our pregnancy centers, we have South North Oklahoma City, Edmond, Tulsa, and Ardmore, and we just now um, launched a mobile unit um, in the metro area this past Thursday, and so, um, and so, yes, we all have different referrals in our different areas in adoption. Yes, we are, we love our sweet adoption sisters over the way, so. <laughs> yeah, and do you, do you provide, is there like a support that for the, like, girls that are young, that get pregnant and maybe don't have family support or maybe their families kicked them out. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is for our younger generation. That is, you know, the, the pressures of unplanned pregnancy is often family or the father of the baby. The father of the baby is the number one person in an unplanned pregnancy who's going to be the, pre the influencer of abortion. And so um, in that case, um, a support system is absolutely needed. So our goal is to provide a support system within our center with weekly parenting classes that um, just a great community in those classes. They have their, their educational class for parenting, but we also do a devotional, just some talk back time, just an opportunity for them to be prayed over. I'm just trying to create that community. But then um, we also have at least quarterly. I try more often than that, but we have local churches that come in on Thursday nights when we have our classes and we're trying to bridge that gap 
from the center to the, the churches. We want these women, you know, we're, we, um, you know, after a year of baby's life, they graduate from our program. So we want them to be in a church and being discipled. And so that way, when they graduate our program, we know that they are somewhere where I'm being handed off to a sweet family, church family that is going to love on them. So yes, bridging the gap is huge for a goal of our centers to bridge the gap to the churches. Well, and I love that you have a post um, abortion ministry because I think it's easy for us to sit and say, well, that's wrong and we're pro-life and that, but if you're not doing anything to change that, then um, for other people, then it's just words to me. Like I heard a podcast of a lady one time that was talking about after she had her abortion and how painful it was, but she said, people were screaming at me as I went into the clinic, but there was nobody when I left. So she said, if, if Christians would stand outside the back doors even, and just hug me when I left or hug me before, I might not have made those choices. Mm. Absolutely. That is so good. And, and it is, it is crazy. The statistic is one in four women have experienced an abortion. One in four. Yes. So so amazing. That is a yeah, blows my mind, really. And that, that number isn't a number outside of church. That number is women in total. So think about your pre-COVID, think about your Sunday morning service and all of the women in your pews, one in four. And, um, you know, this is so many times this, um, this isn't really a church topic. Um, I'm loving seeing so many pastors just grab hold of this. You know, we have Sanctity of Human Life Sunday in, in January, and um, so many different pastors with the emphasis are bringing emphasis to this in their church, and I love that. But, um, but the reality is, is that abortion is a decision that for women— um, we have we have stories of a, a woman who is in her 70s and has never shared her abortion story and showed up at the pregnancy center and said, I am 70 years old and I know I'm going to make meet my maker soon. I know I'm going to meet the Lord soon. And I have a secret of an abortion that I have never told anyone. And I need to get this right with the Lord before I go to heaven. 70 years old. Yes. And so it is, it is just an issue that, you know, it is about creating safe places for women. Um, this is hard. And so whenever this ministry, whenever women hear about it, um, whenever I get to tell about it, um, literally you see tears because there's never been anyone that has ever offered or, you know, it's just, you know, a forbidden topic. And so it's just, right. It's so beautiful to get to see these women go through this class. I knew somebody that had had one years ago and she was like, I still have nightmares and dreams about that, about that baby. Mm, So I don't think, I think we just think, oh, well, it's just an inconvenience. And that's just, you're just not being a loving person. But I don't think we always think about what that woman is going through and the pain that is going to come after and having compassion for her. Absolutely. That is such a good point. And and the thing is, is that God, you know, um, think about all of those years of, of having that secret and how heavy that is and how much shame that is to carry. I believe with all of my heart, if, if we could, 
get these Bible studies into our churches and our churches could create safe spaces for women to work this out with the Lord and to, and to, to just bring the, the, the shame and the secrecy out into his marvelous life. I believe that revival would happen with our women that, you know, just breaking the chains of shame that the enemy has just been, you know, just snuffing over these women in their, their lives. And I believe that there could be revival. So it is, it's, it's an awesome ministry. And did that woman that you were just talking about, did she go through the weeks, the, all the classes Did she actually participate as a 70 year old? Ah, I'll tell the story real quick. So yes, she, um, so she came into the center, said, you know, did her spiel. And so of course, you know, they're like, okay, well we have a class. And she was like, I know I heard about it. And so they got her enrolled. She went through the 12 week program or the 12 week Bible study. Um, just literally two months after she finished the class, she passed away and the director heard of her funeral. And so, um, the director went to her funeral and, um, just, you know, to show her respects and, and she went up to the son after the funeral and just said, Hey, I knew your mom. And she was just such a blessing. Um, and she said, how did you know my mom? And, um, you know, confidentiality, she didn't mention, you know, exactly, you know, the class or anything. She said, well, she's, she volunteered at Hope and was um, involved in our ministry. And, and he said, oh, you're the Hope people. He said, she has been talking about her Bible study for the past three months. I have never seen her filled with more joy and with more freedom in all of my years of knowing her. And um, he just praised and was just so thankful to see the director and get to um, just let her know how much that the ministry meant to her so it was such a sweet story because what a weight she had been carrying all those years absolutely absolutely you know what just jumped out at me Emily that you just said I just love it (laughs) when that grandson was talking with the director he said oh you're the hope Mm -hmm. I mean oh that's in a nutshell I mean you're there because of hope, because of our hope in Christ. And there's hope. And it's just no matter what our circumstances are, we have hope in him. And I love it. You're a part of the hope people. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love it. I love it for sure. Wow. Well, one thing that we always do on our podcast is we ask for our interviewee to share a time that you've seen the Lord work in your life when it was a time that things were frayed, hence the name frayed not, Mm -hmm. and a time that you know that God brought you through and whatever the trial might've been. And I was wondering if you would be willing to share a time in your life that, you know, God brought you through a frayed not that you were in. Absolutely. I would love to, um, you know, there have been so many, um, hard times that the enemy has just tried to take circumstances and, and just, man, just beat us down, you know, individually, just as a personally, and then in, and then in ministry. So, um, you know, I, there's so many stories that I could recollect on, but, um, one of the greatest frayed knots that I have found myself in is, um, the summer 
one summer, it was my summer after my sophomore year of college and um, my mom had gotten really sick and um, just really sank deep into depression. And so um, before she had gotten too bad, she called me the, right at the beginning of summer and said, hey, I'm going to need you to come home. I need some help with family. I need help with kids. I need help. Some things are going on. And so um, in that moment, you know, as a college student, I think I was maybe 20 years old. I was like, what? Come home. Oh, my goodness. I'm living my best years over here, you know, yeah. and um, just, you know, just really confused, kind of angry. Um, kind of mad, like, oh, I have to go home. And so, um, but the Lord just prompted me to just react just in complete obedience. And, you know, I said, okay, I said, I'll get my stuff together and I'll be home. And um, whenever I got home, um, I just realized that my mom had, um, she was, she was really just um, on a path of depression. My sister had passed away in the past couple of years and um, mm -hmm. she just was not doing well and um, lots of stress and just life factors. And so um, I realized kind of the magnitude of the situation once I got home. And um, for that time, I just made a commitment to the Lord and I said, Lord, you know, my heart, you know, I'm angry, you know, I'm confused, you know, all of these things. But I know that you have brought me back home. And I am just going to commit this summer to you. I'm going to commit this summer, I'm going to commit everything I do, because moving home had destroyed all of my summer plans, my shopping plans, my traveling plans, my college plans, they were all destroyed. And so after I got over that, I just said, okay, Lord, if you want to take it off from me, then I'm just going to commit it back to you. And, um, you know, just show me what to do. And so um, funny enough, that was the summer that um, we started um, that um, in this podcast, I'm talking about, that was the summer that I moved home in that um, the Lord opened up a position for me to be a youth intern at my home church and um, got really connected and back involved with my home church. And then also um, just recommitting everything, my daily life to him, my, my quiet time to him, just kind of almost just a, a recharging event. Um, and all while long, um, just walking alongside my mom and, and her health deteriorating and things of that nature. And so um, one of the biggest times of that summer, so many, so many different stories in that summer and just um, walking in obedience. But one of them was um, the summer camp. And um, there was one, another summer camp that um, I was supposed to lead out in and um, some things were going on at home. And I just told the Lord, listen, Lord, I have got to be here to, to help, to protect, to, to make sure things are safe here, to that make sure things are good here. Lord, I just just can't I can't go on this trip and um, the Lord just kept convicting me all weekend you know um, and just saying you committed to me you gave your you gave your schedule you gave your agenda to me Emily so um, so literally it was so crazy it was Sunday night we were leaving for the camp um, on Monday and I called my youth minister or the youth minister of the church and I said hey I said the Lord is just really encouraging me to go um, I know I'm just going to trust that the Lord has everything back home. Um, but I've made this commitment to him and I, the Lord is just pressing upon me that I need to go on this camp. I don't know if it's to be there for someone. I don't know what it's for, 
And so, um, and so I did, I, um, once again, just walked in faith and just left the things at home. And, um, you know, I had my cell phone even back in the day and, um, went to this camp and that was the camp that I met my husband at. And so if oh my I in this full circle wow. from where you started tonight. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And so, I mean, it was just so interesting. You know, no one would have blamed me for staying home because there were so many things that needed that I needed to take care of and and needed to be a help to my family. But it went back to just the conviction, just the Holy Spirit pressing on me. You know that this is, you know, Emily, walk in obedience. You have committed to me, um, your summer, your agenda, your schedule. And, um, without a shadow of a doubt, I mean, there was no peace until I committed to going to that camp. It was like 9 PM when I finally called my youth minister. And right. then, yeah. And then I met Jared that week at camp. That's amazing. And then yeah. how was your mom back home? Was everything okay? When you, got back? you know, she, um, she had a 10 year, um, really hard struggle in depression. And so, um, that was really just the beginning of, of our time walking through that. And so, um, for 10 years, we did, um, lots of different things and, um, and I am, you know, we are about five years out now from those 10 years and, um, you can just see the Lord's hand and how he has provided, he has provided people in doctors and um just a support system and so today she is just awesome she is amazing okay. she is in our mm -hmm. life she's in my kids life and um she actually lives with us and is a huge support to my family the lord has built a village around us and she's a great support and helps me so much and so um yes it's yeah so she's doing wonderful now so thank you so much for asking well, and we have a lot of people dealing with depression and anxiety. So were there certain steps that she took or things that she did to help her get out of that? Well, see, that was the problem is that 10 years of, of taking no help. And, and, and so it, she got to a place where she really needed a, a medical professional help. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was a, a time of, of me as her daughter stepping in and being her advocate. And, um, and, you know, being so young, I just did not know. I didn't have guidance on how to do that. And it was kind of a situation of you don't know if you don't know. And so um, after quite probably about after six years, I started to really educate myself on mental illness and, and just the legal system. Um, I finally reached out to some, um, for some, for some help in just knowing what to do. And so, um, you know, for those who have someone who struggles with a mental illness, whether it's an illness or a season of depression or a season of those things, um, you know, there are people, um, there are so many doctors, so much legal help that I really encourage you to, to look into in, um, I just, starting in your, your hometown resources is I literally just started making calls to hospitals and telling people my story and telling people, what do I do? And finally the Lord just, um, brought the people into my life to, to bring, um, us direction because I was desperate for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that you didn't just stay in that helplessness of not knowing what to do, but you, you made some important steps and now 
you're on the other side saying, wow, look what God has done and your mom is doing so well. And I just, I mean, God is faithful no matter what happens, but it's also such a joyful thing to see that, that he has brought her to a healthy place. And that is such an awesome work that he's done. And I, I'm so grateful that you didn't give up, that she didn't give up. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So glad that you brought up medication and getting medical help. Cause I think there's such, there's sometimes, especially in the Christian world, I think there's shame in that or like, mm-hmm. well, no, God can just get you through it. But sometimes it is a medical thing Yes, mm-hmm. and it's a chemical imbalance and yes. there's no shame in it. Absolutely. Well, and it's so, it's so unfortunate that there is even a stigma on counseling in general in our women in that, um, you know, that, oh, I don't need that, or I'm, you know, I'm not at that point yet. And I think, man, you know, we, you know, it is biblical. I mean, we have the counselor of the Holy Spirit, you know, I mean, why would we not think that counseling and in getting biblical help and perspective is not beneficial? And so I just, I even not only medication and medical help, but even counseling, you know, there is, um, even at our best, you know, counseling, it can be productive and, and helpful and just such a beautiful thing to, to help equip us to be better uh, better be better moms and better wives and in church members and Christians. So I'm yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. And what a great point you just made, Emily. I'm having a light bulb moment. <gasps> Tell me seriously. It is so true that the Holy spirit is our counselor. Mm-hmm. Those were the words of Jesus. I will send my counselor. He was yeah. comforting his disciples. I'm going to leave. You're not going to be able to come where I am, but I'm sending you my counselor. How biblical, mm-hmm. what an assurance that to go and receive wise counsel is biblical. The Holy mm-hmm. spirit is our counselor. And Um, everyone needs to go to counseling at some point. I just feel like it's so, so important. Um, I look back to the time my husband and I benefited from going to counseling and Jill is a counselor. (laughs) She's like, (laughs) awesome. Awesome. She has changed a lot of kids' lives. She wouldn't brag on herself, but I will. She's made a big (laughs) difference for many uh, students that she's worked with and the public school system. But anyway, we just, I'm so happy you mentioned tonight how important that is. Maybe there's a listener who just needed this nudge and reminder about the hope that is in Christ and that, yes, it's so important to take those steps to Mm -hmm. mental health. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Well, did you have any final words for our listeners? Maybe somebody who needs resources for um, where they could find your your credit, your hope center or. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I mentioned our five pregnancy centers that are in, that are under that umbrella. But um, something really cool is that we have actually a pregnancy resource network in the state of Oklahoma, and I believe that now there are thirty-eight pregnancy centers that are under this um under that this umbrella. Um, it's faith-based evangelical centers, just like Hope, but you know, for the Oklahoma. 
Oklahoma is a big state and you know for some people that might be an hour drive or a two-hour drive to get to any of those centers mm -hmm. and so um yes we do have a pregnancy resource network and so there is a local pregnancy center nearby you um regardless of where you are in the state it is just incredible how the Lord has raised up um just little mini many places and many people and and so it is really cool and so yes they are um for a hope pregnancy center you can go to obhc.org hope and to hear more about it or for um services we have a website called thinkimpregnant.org and then it is where you can make a pregnancy appointment a pregnancy test appointment and get started with those services Awesome. We will put all of those in our show notes. So anyone who's listening, you can scroll down to the bottom of the show notes and see those and click on those links if you would like to um, access those or share them with someone you love. Awesome. So, wow. Emily, how can we thank you enough? <laughs> Thanks for sharing your vulnerability and your sweet spirit with us and your story. We just are grateful and we hope that the listeners that are joining us today have been encouraged and have heard the story that reminded them that the Lord is with them to offer them hope. Awesome. No, it has been so wonderful to be with you guys. So thank you for asking for the opportunity. Welcome. We appreciate it. Bye, Emily. Bye-bye, girls. We'll talk to you later. Emily, we are so thankful that she came today on Afraid Not. I'm so glad that she was our guest today. And listeners, I hope you've enjoyed it too. I feel like Emily Blunt is such a great example of obedience to the Lord. Several times in her story, in her humble sharing, I could just hear how she just, she surrendered to what God told her to do the, the summer after her sophomore year of college and recently when the Lord put it on her heart to pursue her Master's of Divinity seminary degree. She's just a great example of someone obeying God, saying yes, Lord, to whatever the next thing is that the Lord tells her to do. I really want to be like that. So thanks for that great reminder, Emily. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and tell others that you know about the podcast. And we will see you back again in a couple weeks. Bye, everyone.